When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The War Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, and War Eagle, War Report family? It's your boy Mike G here with my guy, Auburn Memes. Brandy has the night off. We're talking a little bit of Auburn football. Memes, Hugh Freeze at a press conference. Some interesting questions were asked about quarterbacks and wide receivers, and I want to dig into it a little bit today. There is a narrative that prevails uh, that Auburn does not have its quarterback on campus right now. And I want to talk about whether what Hugh Freeze said about quarterbacks uh, confirms that for us or not. Uh, so uh, when asked the question about how the quarterbacks are doing, he stated that they are a little behind where he thought they would be. Um, what do you think about Hugh Freeze saying, hey, listen, just we're not where we want to be in the quarterback room right now. And he mentioned maybe even having to teach it differently. You know. Are these guys having issues comprehending basic quarterback concepts? Because we're not working with system very much right now uh, from what Hugh Freeze is telling me. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see, like, and he's not going to do it. You know, the got to play a little bit of sprinkle some coach speak in there. Yeah. But what specifics are these guys missing? I know he said words like consistency, and that seems to be the word he says the most. Eyes, just, eyes in the wrong place, right? Like, yeah. you know, it seems like maybe reading uh, coverages a little bit they're struggling with. Yeah, just, just some of that. And you kind of wonder, you, you're sitting there and you're looking, it's like, all right, I mean, these guys, I'm minus holding. These guys, especially TJ, have been playing quarterback for a long time. So where where is this? Where where did this start? Was this just, it's just fundamentally who they are? Are their ceilings pretty low? Or has it just been... Hey, these guys have just had bad coaching since day one. Because I mean, let's be let's let's look back here. I mean, TJ was with Coach O fired, and then Brian Harson fired. Mm-hmm. Robbie was with <clears throat> Cristobal, who maybe not the best quarterback foundation developments he was getting in Oregon. So maybe fresh start with Harson fired. Was this just bad coaching that they're having to completely undo, or is this more so just they're gonna just may take them longer to get it? Yeah, well, I, I think that they, he's got a lot of guys who just haven't played a ton of football. And mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of pressure on Hugh Freeze to win immediately, and you can't do that in this league without a dynamic quarterback these days. Uh, I think the, the days of the game managers are over if you're going to be a success. I mean, if you're going to have a game manager at quarterback memes, in my opinion, I think Auburn has to be exceptional at almost everything else. You need an exceptional offensive line. You need exceptional running backs. You need exceptional receivers. And I'm not sure they're exceptional anywhere, but maybe Jarquez Hunter on offense. You know, what, only, what do you think? And I mean, let's 
let's just hear it straight from the horse's mouth here. That was the only position group and specific player that Hugh Freeze really had nothing but very positive praise to speak of. I mean, right. he was he, very saying, hey, we're, we're good at running back. Jarquez is a great player. I mean, that was almost like verbatim how he said it. Specifically, he said, I have seen enough tape to know that he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's seen <clears throat> tape on these quarterbacks as well, too. And it seems like he thinks that they're not really, really good or not where they should be. Um, but he also mentioned hoping that by the end of the week, they might be a lot further along than they are right now. You know, um, this press conference was on Monday. Um, you know, it's a five day, a five day turnaround in terms of picking up the things that he's talking about picking up. Is that unrealistic? Well, yeah. So here's a few things I want to kind of throw in context here. First and foremost, I think it's interesting to know. Like, I mean, as I kind of said earlier, we don't know exactly what, like, what is the light that Hugh Freeze wants to see with them, like, in, in a very, very specific note outside of kind of the few things he's alluded to, but also number two. From a historical context, and this is kind of true across the board, just very much for quarterback more so than anybody. Spring football has never been the greatest judge of what a quarterback is and will be. Facts. That's just how it's always been. So as fun as it, <clears throat> as fun as it is to really look into what's going on at spring, just overanalyze the heck out of a day. It's never. I mean, like I think it's the easiest example, and I will just never not bring this up, but. Let's not forget like Cam Newton's A-Day. Like Cam Newton wasn't really tearing it up at A-Day. And, and all the other year, I mean, you know, Barrett Trotter's over there just like lighting torches out there. <clears throat> and I mean, throughout the years, I mean, Auburn's had guys that were backup quarterbacks and really got processed out or transferred out or whatever ended up happening who were like, hell, man, they're really looking good this spring. Or, oh, man, they were looking real good in A-Day. And the starter just was kind of meh. And whatever happens, I don't know what it is in the air or what it is like mentally clicks. It's like the summer and fall, things just kind of completely do a 180. So it is it is really tough. And how much of that is going to be kind of a grace given or is it just going to be – because we don't exactly know how Hugh Freeze is going to want to operate that. I mean, it's very evident that that type of urgency was not on Brian Harson's radar where he was just going to ride with what he had and right. his career and future on some things that were – very evident and never changing inconsistencies. Whereas Hugh Freeze has a chance to say, you know what, we're going to, we'll bring in two more quarterbacks at the end of uh, when the portal opens back up. We have to, like, we don't know exactly what he'll, he'll do here. Right. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, you know, Hugh Freeze said a lot of things. Uh, you know, I asked him, a f- I got three questions in on this press conference. Uh, I heard you, I asked- you, you. You're chatty. <laughs> yeah, I was chatty. Uh, Good I had questions, question- though. I had a question about how you evaluate Robbie Ashford. You brought up Cam, so I want to go back to that point. Um, when he was on campus at Auburn that spring, Chiswick noted how difficult it was to evaluate his impact on a potential game because when he would take off running in spring practice, they would say, hey, would that have been a five-yard run or an 80-yard run? We don't know. But they still took a shot and named Cam the, the starter before summer workouts started. I mean, he still won the job even though they openly admitted that they were having a hard time evaluating his potential impact on the game. So um, I want to go back to Robbie Ashford. What I asked Hugh Freeze was, how do you evaluate Robbie Ashford when what he does with his legs is so different and dynamic than the other quarterbacks that you have in this room? And he gave me a very candid answer and saying, I don't know. (laughs) That's a great question. I don't know. Uh, If all things are equal, does this 
maybe give Robbie Ashford a little bit of a, a leg up in this coaching job. If if everybody's having trouble with basic things, but he can run, is he the front runner? But let's be honest. Let's even expand that a little bit more from what he said. And this kind of goes for all the guys here. What did he mention about his quarterbacks at Ole Miss? When he mentioned the deal with Bo Wallace, I mean, oh man, this was a this was a guy who wasn't a wasn't a great practicer. Mm-hmm. And then he would light it up during the game. So you kind of wonder if he's giving some of that grace toward knowing that and just understanding, hey, in time, maybe just maybe these things will I guess say fix themselves because I'm broken is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. But it's um they will kind of ex- show themselves when the right time is coming. So like I said, he mentioned the thing about Bo Wallace, but what he also mentioned too is, you know, Chad Kelly. Right. And he kind of compared to, you know, their, <clears throat> how they would look in practice to how they looked in the game. I don't know if that is a, maybe a subtle tease to the potential that that may change, but let's, I mean, let's just look at what we saw last year. I mean, TJ, I mean, it's, it's, it's been, in almost just say it's kind of just becoming a joke that you know TJ is just the practice king. Looks great in warm ups, runs the practice well, says the right things, does the right things, know where he needs to be, knows where everybody else needs to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he seems to practice and warm up well and do it, play the game right with the coaches. And then Mercer comes trotting in and he's just awesome interceptions. You flip the flip side of that script where Robbie had his fair share of issues and some practices. As far as maybe some of the consistencies and the numbers compared to some of the other quarterbacks, obviously, once it became game time, he was the guy getting the call. Now, apples and oranges between this year and last year, but you, you can't ignore the fact of practicing versus in game is a completely whole different scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, he's, he's practice, even said it. yeah practice TJ is great. Game day TJ uh, has some growth, you know, some, some maturing to do. Um, and I think that that's true, but I can say probably that's true of Robbie, uh, and Holden as well at this point. So, you know, you're saying maturing to do, yeah, like a lot of maturing on the field to do and making what translates in practice, uh, uh, makes sense in the game. Right. So, you know, TJ does a lot of the things I think that the coaches like, he, he talks the way they want him to talk. He carries himself the way he wants. They want their quarterback to carry himself for the most part. Uh, he was out there a pro day. Now all the quarterbacks were out there Holden was the only one throwing to guys. I but. was just about to ask you, because everybody's reading into that like crazy. So what do you... Yeah, so no. Get you real. What's your thoughts yeah, on that yeah, one? Yeah, I don't think... There's nothing there, man. Like, yeah, it could have been class conflicts, any number of reasons why Holden was the one out there and not TJ or or Robbie. Um, and assuming that these guys got with Holden, maybe it just said, hey, will you throw to us, right, uh, during pro day, uh, if he had the time to do the prep work with those guys. That's why it could have been him. I mean, we don't know. The only way to know would be to ask them. <laughs> and uh, I can certainly do that. But uh, it just occurred to me that uh, these guys were all out there supporting their their former teammates. They're now former teammates. And um, there's nothing to read into there at all. Uh, there's a not, lot of people. Who, there's a lot of people who are wanting to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from what I can say, it was it was Holden was a good choice. He listen. He looked like the quarterback that they recruited. Now, uh, he was thrown against air. There was no defense out there. But. Um, he looked accurate. I thought he gave uh, the receivers a chance to just focus on catching the ball uh, and 
making play, turning up field and running their routes because they didn't have to wonder where the ball was going to be at every time. Uh, he looked accurate. And so making that even translate to practice every single day is how Holden Garner catches up in this QB race, if you ask me. Now, um, the offensive line will have a lot to do with where Auburn is at <laughs> at quarterback. But Hugh Freeze also mentioned memes that the wide receiver room is behind as well. Now, how much of that is a causality based on what's happening with the quarterbacks? Because they can't throw the ball to themselves, right? So if the quarterbacks are not accurate or they're not, they don't have their eyes in the right place, how hard would it be for a receiver to show what he's got in spring practice? Yeah, well, it seems that the only name that's getting like brought up consistently out of his mouth has been Camden Brown. And I see, obviously heard a lot of him last year, but once again, <clears throat> you you can't throw the ball to yourself as a wide receiver. So that's why I didn't really get to see a whole lot of what he was made out of just from mm-hmm. the stuff we've seen from him literally being everywhere at spring practice. It seems like Nick Mardner is going to be one of the guys. And let's be real. What did Hugh free say when I think it was, uh, I think it was when Tobias was joking with him during the, uh, it, during the press conference asking him which basketball player would he want on the team. And I remember Hugh free specifically mentioned Oh man, you know, if we could put Alan Flanagan out there, how tall is he? Six six. Oh yeah, I'd love to have him on the ten yard mm-hmm. line. Like that's that's the look and style that Hugh Freeze wants. And I mean, what is also Nick Marner? He's six six, listed on Auburn's website as two oh nine. And if you see him in person, I mean, you feel like he's even bigger than that. I mean, the guy is a presence on the field. Him and Cam Brown out there, that's gonna be a pretty safe bet. And then you got to wonder kind of what's going on with the other guys. I mean, obviously uh, Malcolm Johnson Jr. is out with the, as I think they said, a collarbone issue. Yeah. So that is there. And then, you know, it seems like uh, JJ should be still up there as being Mm -hmm. one of the, uh, the next guys in the mix, but there's still a few other guys who you're sitting there kind of wondering like, where are they going to fall in the pecking order of this? I mean, because remember last spring, everybody was talking about, Everybody was talking about um, Austin and about right. how much he was, how he was lighted up. Now there's a lot of really good reports coming out about Fairweather. So where where is everybody going to fall? Because you've got you've got guys in there. Seems like you're hearing some things coming about Mike O'Reilly Ducker. But once again, the unit as a whole, as Hugh Free said, struggling. So. Yeah, it's kind of a chicken and egg. Are they struggling because of the quarterbacks? Are the quarterbacks struggling because of them? Or are they just both struggling? And is it right. is it what are they struggling with specifically? Like we don't exactly know. Is it grasping? You know, is, is it going to be with blocking? Is it going to be with the route running? Is it going to be with catching? Like, like what is it? Basic, like again, all I can think of is basic wide receiver concepts, right? Like you know, so are they not running routes? breaking routes off at the right yardage, um, you know, because receiving is running and catching. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, uh, you know, they do have to block from time to time uh, or you know, a lot, and uh, depending on the <laughs> system. But to me, I've always felt like this was a talented wide receiver room. I've always felt like this was a talented wide receiver room, but system issues have kept these guys from displaying truly what their potential is. We saw Omari Kelly and points last season go out there and look like he's got a lot of potential, but I've got to think there's going to be some attrition in this room at some point uh based on it being kind of a young room guys have a ton of eligibility left um and guys want to play now 
So, you know, if you're a receiver, I, I mean, I think if I'm a, like a second string receiver coming into this, when Hugh Freeze makes that comment, I, to me, that's an opportunity for somebody to step up and take a job from somebody who it may seem obvious that there's a guy. You know, uh, Blackerby and I had this argument about like whether Jay Fair could start over Coy Moore. And, you know, my, you know, at first I was hesitant to say yes, but then the more I think about what Hugh Freeze is saying, I'm like, hey, if I'm taking his word at face value, then I have to say yes, right? Right, I have to say that if he's not performing and he's saying that the, the wide receiver room is having trouble and Coy Moore is part of that, then yeah, the guy behind you is always at risk to, to jump up and take your job, is he not? Oh, no, I mean, 100%. And it's interesting. I mean, Coy Moore and Landon King, I mean, haven't even mentioned those names yet. Two guys, right? What is their role? I mean, you seemingly on paper look at it, and you're like, all right, you got guys who either have proven what they've done with um, Dawson. You kind of got guys like Jay Fair who you're starting to hear kind of things about. Then you're looking there, like Landon King. All right, you know he's got the size. He's got a lot of good potential too. I mean, Coy Moore comes back with a lot of experience. Guy who likes betting on himself. Mm-hmm. And then you know, already mentioned uh, Mardner in there. He's also kind of, excuse me, Mardner, and then going back with Landon King. Has that size that Hugh, Hugh Freeze likes. So we're, how do you kind of run run some of these guys around? Now, here's another question that I've got um, kind of encompassing this whole deal. Could you kind of go quarterbacks, but maybe more so this will apply for wide receivers. Now, I would just be interesting to know, what differences are you seeing with how they're running things now, expectations, et cetera, would be different from the previous coaching staff? So, I mean, is this is what they're doing and what's expected of them, is this something that's a lot different than what Harson and staff were putting on these guys? Or is it just, hey, this staff has a higher standard and expectations of what they want to see? I don't know if we have the answer to that yet. What do you think? It sounds like they're taking more of a teaching approach, right? I like that Hugh Freeze talked about, hey, our quarterbacks aren't where we need them to be, but maybe we need to teach it differently. And I think a good teacher always tailors the lesson to the student, uh, especially in, you know, when you're, if you're coaching something like quarterbacks where so much of that tutelage is one-on-one means, it is, how can I put this so this guy will comprehend it, understand it, soak it in, and it can become instinctual to him while he's playing football? Because instinctual football players are the best football players. They don't have to think through a lot. Thinking on the football field slows you down. It gets you sacked. It gets your receivers killed. Right. Uh, you know, it, it makes everything a lot harder for everybody around you when you cannot play the game instinctually as a quarterback at this level. So he is trying to teach it in a way. And I think that this is a, probably a much different approach than the Harson regime, where he's just saying, hey, listen, if a guy isn't getting it, let me see if I can teach it differently. So you think you think this is a situation. Right. So you think this is a situation of Brian Harson was very much like. We have a we have a round hole and you're a square peg and you either going to fit or you're going to get out. And Hugh Freeze is saying, well, if you're a, if you're a square peg, we're going to, we're going to work to get you a square hole so we can teach you to do this. Right. Like a little bit more fluid where Harson's maybe a little bit more rigid. Is that kind of a fair way to maybe yeah, put yeah. it? Yeah. Look, look, the system is the system. Get in or sit. Right. And he didn't have a ton of options. Now, let me tell you something. He brought in Robbie Ashford. So he had a mm-hmm. vested interest in playing him. He inherited, uh, well, no, he brought in TJ too. Right. <laughs> yeah. He brought in TJ. So, you know, he was invested in both of these guys. Um, Now, you know, in my conversations with staff, they had wished that they had pivoted to Robbie a little earlier in the season based on his ability to make plays. Uh, That was something that I had a staff member who will uh, 
not be named, but was definitely in the know and pretty high up say, hey, you know, you we should have made the switch to Robbie a little earlier than we did um, because the O-line just wasn't what they needed it to be for TJ. It just wasn't. You know, he's, he's going to take a lot of heat for, um, you know, some of the turnovers, uh, and some of them were unforced errors, but also, like, he's just not the type of quarterback that can sit that back there and get pummeled every other play and then, you know, play at a high level. Now, there are quarterbacks who can do that. I just don't think TJ is there with his game just yet. So the approach that the staff is taking, I think, is, number one, he sent some very public messages to this quarterback room. You guys aren't where you need to be. And that's a challenge that I feel like Hugh Freeze is issuing to these guys means to step up and do what they need to do. Uh, you know, you're not winning the job. I just I feel like you don't really win the job in practice. You win the job in all those hours that nobody sees so that when you get to practice, you can show out. I got a, I got a quick I got a tough question for you. Sure. What do you think is more likely kind of given all things all things we're seeing right now? You think it's more likely that they go to bring in a, a push? when the portal opens back up to get one and or two quarterbacks coming in? Or do you think they go into the season doing kind of like they did last year, kind of a, a multi-quarterback battle where you got multiple quarterbacks playing through the game, the early games? Well, here's the deal. You're bringing in a guy no matter what memes because uh, all three of these guys <laughs> that are battling for the job aren't going to be on this roster after the spring. Okay. okay. I, gu- I guarantee it. Somebody's it. somebody's leaping uh, because you got Robbie and Holden who have a ton of eligibility left, and you got T.J. Finley who's running out of time. They can't. Just let me sit behind somebody. Let me ask you this though, okay? Because I'm I'm just I'm I'm firing all the the takes at you here. All right, all right, I love it. Do you think that once again going back to my chicken and egg thing I've been hitting all day here? Do you think it's more likely that they bring in a quarterback and somebody leaves, or somebody leaves first and then they bring in a quarterback? Like, what do you think will end up happening first publicly? Now, obviously, behind the scenes, we have no clue. I think somebody. I think somebody leaves and then they bring in a quarterback. Now, here, let me tell you why. Because after the spring, it's going to be clear, pretty clear to somebody where they stand, and okay. nobody's going to want to be third on this depth chart. Nobody, none of the three guys that Auburn currently has is going to want to be third on this depth chart. Holden's going into his second year, man. If he's not second on the depth chart, dude, he's again he's losing time and eligibility. I yeah. think technically he he took he could he took a redshirt last year because he didn't participate in more than four games. Yeah, so he's, he's he, still got he's a freshman. Yeah, so he's still got four years of eligibility left. Robbie Ashford is done being a journeyman, you know, and he's his freebie is gone. So you know he's definitely not going to want to do uh, sit behind anybody. But I don't think that he's the guy that leaves um, unless something extreme happens. And then TJ, you know, he's got a chance to graduate and be immediately eligible someplace else. So he's got an option that uh, Robbie doesn't have in his back pocket. So Holden's got a freebie transfer, right? Uh, TJ potentially is working towards one, and Robbie doesn't have one. I'm telling you, one of these guys is leaving. So you definitely have to bring in another QB because you can't have a roster with only two viable QBs have an injury and then have no backup. Sawyer Pate, that's who you're going to go with? They got to find a guy. They have to find a guy. Now, who they will find is going to be the question, I think. But I think after possibly, we saw Demetrius Davis leave mid-spring. Yeah. Right? I mean, he the writing was on the wall for him. And I think maybe even, and I don't, I don't remember this for sure, I want to say that the Harsons regime told him, 
it's in your best interest to find someplace else to play. You're not going to play here. Well, I mean, given the fact that he didn't touch the field during that Birmingham Bowl, I mean, I think that is telling. Last, last draw. Yeah, I think that's as telling as it as it needs to be. When everyone, I mean, even I mean, even I think they were like, yeah, he probably would play this game. So, I mean, given TJ's limping in there in a wheelchair with crutches, like, all right, um, or the end of the Iron Bowl, now. or the end of the Iron Bowl, right? When he was he said, literally limping in there, yeah, with his right. Ankle and it's like, oh, I don't have another guy that could come in, maybe. Um, so I just, you know, the way I see it when it comes to to these guys is, you know, and I asked Q freeze about this. He still has not answered me straight. And I'm going to keep asking memes until the damn spring ball is over. Like how were these guys getting feedback in real time? How do they understand where they stand specifically personally? He talks about the quarterback room, but I want to know what Robbie Ashford knows about where he stands in terms of his development. Well, let's, let's, let's try to read between the lines. And see if we can kind of decode what he's saying here. So he mentioned something in there about them all three kind of splitting the reps evenly. But correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I heard it is he made it sound like pretty soon for the sake of the team and the other players out there, we're going to start kind of making a distinction between the one, twos, and the threes. Did he not say something along those lines? Well, I asked him this question in a previous press conference about uh, how do you, you know, if, if you're not, how do you narrow things down? The question was, how do you narrow things down? He said then that they're not. He said, I don't see us narrowing anything down until the fall. And I'm like, eh, okay. But how? this is what led to the 8A question. But how are you going to run an 8A if you haven't narrowed anything down, man? Who's going out with the ones? Q, you're, I, I, listen, I like Q Freeze. I like his candidness with the media. But he's capping memes. That's cap. Yeah. You're narrowing it down in your head. One of these guys is, is definitely better than the others. Even if you don't think any of them, any of them are great, you have an idea about which one's ahead in your head right now. So here's my question, and this is going to be this is going to be some uh, tin hat type of conspiracy. All right, love it stuff. But if you're if you're the coach and you're kind of looking all things considered, and maybe you got some chatter and some you know some whispers in your ear, and you're kind of evaluating all things, and it's like, hey, you know, if, if this goes this kind of goes sour grapes, like TJ's definitely like your most likely guy out. And you're going to, all right, well, you know, he's still going to practice, give it his all. And like, hey, maybe he's good enough, kind of where you thought he was last year, where people, you know, returning staff would have said he was and not really seen enough improvement. Because you obviously it's fair. You never know. One guy, one day the light might go off and this mm-hmm. guy's just a great killer. Uh, hey, I mean, you know, Zach or Cadillac, whoever comes up. And you know what, man, this is, this is, this is the exact TJ to the ceiling. It's the exact same TJ we saw last spring, summer, fall. That's just who he is. I don't feel good. This is going to translate to be anything better than kind of where he's at. Right. Do you, but let's just say in that same theory, he's the best of what we have right now. Hey, you know what? TJ is the number one guy. He's playing better than Robbie and he's playing better than Holden. If we had to, if we had to play a football game tomorrow, we're probably starting TJ all things considered right this second, Mm. but it's still maybe not good enough to really be competitive in the sec. We got some transfers out there. Do you still try to run with TJ at the two, knowing that, hey, if we bring some transfers in, he'll probably get processed out. He might leave anyway. Or, like, because I'm just sitting there, if I'm wondering if I'm TJ, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I beat out. I'm number one. Mm-hmm. But I know they're going to bring somebody else in. Maybe they anointed me the number one, but oh, we're bringing in this per- this guy and this guy to really because really we're wanting them to beat you out. You just say, hey, you know what? That's great. I'm glad I wanted out. I don't really feel confident that I – 
will be the starter going into fall. I'm just going to go ahead and leave now. This is why I asked the feedback question, though, about how these guys are getting feedback. Right? Right. Because he's saying he's not going to narrow it down until fall, which means you're not naming a starter until, like, second week of fall camp. Likely. Yeah. Right. And if you're not doing that, that means the battle like you, you're not making the decision was whoever's not the starter is leaving. Right. right? And I guess. The, yeah. Indefinite. The, I'm oh, sorry. Right. 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 <laughs> well, 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 let me let me say this. The, the only person that has the chance of not leaving if they don't win is Robbie because he doesn't have a freebie transfer. And that's right. still not a guarantee. So, like, to me, I'm just thinking if, if, I, if you're TJ or Robbie, you know, you don't, you don't, you're gone if you're not the starter. If you're holding, you're satisfied with number two, maybe. But you can wait it out another year and use your freebie transfer uh, based on what they decide to do. Here's the thing. Uh, similar to what they told Demetrius Davis, likely, if these guys aren't getting that feedback, and this is what I don't like about saying, you know, app definitively right now, you're not going to name a starter until fall. If I'm trying to make the best decision for me, I need to know where I stand. So if you already have an idea in your head that I'm not going to make it, it's important for you to be fair and tell me that, Mm -hmm. and I'm out. I don't think it's fair to hold these guys here wondering if they're actually in the race or not. When you know there's not a chance. Yeah, man. Come on, dude. Like, I I don't, and I'm not saying Hugh Freeze is doing that. I'm just saying that's the scenario I hope doesn't play out. And that's what I was saying to my my 10 hat scenario there to kind of cap that up is, if it seems very likely, unless you just basically swear, hey, TJ, you are the guy. We're not bringing anybody else in. Does he just leave? Like, is it even worth trying to funnel him those number one reps to the spring and A-Day, knowing, hey, there's really not a scenario short of us promising him he's a starter. We're not bringing anybody else in other than like a depth piece. Mm-hmm. He's going to leave. Would we, be, would we be better off giving these reps to Holden and Robbie? That's, and that, like, that's in hat. That's the balancing hat, uh, act that I think that this coaching staff has to do, right? You have a responsibility to keep your team intact and together and keep as much talent on the roster as possible. But you also have a moral responsibility to players to make sure that they're getting real-time feedback and they understand exactly where they stand. Now, this is where coaches hate the portal. I'm telling yeah. you, this is where coaches hate the portal. Because guys like Holden have all the power to say, hey, listen, man, start me or I'm out. And I can go to your rival and possibly torch you next year. Because just you, imagine if you give all these reps to these guys and you're like, all right, you know, this person's really making a leap. And, but I think, but you're, you're handcuffed because it's like, hey, we're giving a lot of these number one reps to quarterback A mm-hmm. and he's torching it. But, you know, we've already told him like, hey, we need a quarterback you know, D and E. And we're going to be bringing these guys in or guy or guys in from the portal. Cause honestly, at the end of the day, like assuming nobody transfers, we still need depth. Mm-hmm. And that quarterback a, who's been getting those number one reps says, eh, you know what? I don't really like that. I'm out. And then you kind of sit there scratching your head and like, I wasted all these reps on a guy who left. And then the guy who could have been getting other reps hadn't been getting any. So then you kind of sit there and say, well, if you don't really have your quarterback room completely solidified, I'm not going to use the term, I think, waste of a spring is a strong term. Right. Mm-hmm. But it definitely kind of makes you feel like, what was there to really gain from that? But history has proven this, because correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Nick Marshall come in the summer? After- uh, yeah, I want to say he did not go through a spring. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it, I mean history will tell us that the, the spring is not necessarily the end-all, be-all for what 
what can end up happening. Yeah, I mean, listen, Chris Todd sat out a whole spring memes. He sat yeah. out a whole spring and won the job in fall camp in eight practices. Uh, so you're right. But um, you have to, I think Nick Marshall was exceptional at some things that you can't teach. You know, um, Chris Todd was exceptional mentally at some things you can teach. And, uh, you know, Cam came in and obviously was exceptional, but they, it was hard for them to evaluate. So it's not impossible. I guess my point is, it's like, you know, is there is there Nick Marshall sitting out there, you know, for this staff? Because let's be clear, Nick wasn't a great thrower of the football. It, 2013 especially i mean in 2014 it was definitely getting better but no mm-hmm. he, he was very raw when he came in and some notable misses in in terms of wide open receivers down the field and uh in the national title game uh, you know against alabama that year uh i can just i mean they stand out to me and so i don't know i don't know i'm just like yo is is how much do we trust this staff to go out and find the nick marshall cam newton types because gus was involved kind of in two of those. And when they found Cam, it was Trooper Taylor and another coach that went out to Blinn to see him. And they came back and they told Chizik, we got to get this guy. We have to get this guy. They were adamant to Chizik. We got to go get Cam Newton. And they brought him in. Malzan raided Garden State Community College or something in Kansas for, for Nick Marshall, who played DB at Georgia. Georgia. You know, played quarterback, you know, at junior college and came back and won this job. But, you know, these were development projects, essentially. Nick Marshall statistically took a step back his second year at Auburn. I mean, I just, to me, I'm just thinking, if you're expecting Auburn to go out and get a name in the portal post-spring that everybody's like, yes, we scored, good luck. Well, people... They may end up being that guy. But who's 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 in the portal? Who can be in the portal after spring that lost their spring job? Well, I think the I think the I think the where the sunshine folks are, the message for geniuses, the ones that are holding out hope, looking at the stars at night, just full Disney movie <laughs> mode before they go to bed, watching the Notebook. <laughs> they're look. They're the name that keeps coming up is Grayson McCall. Everybody's thinking, oh, he's going to get his he's going to get his credits right. He's going to graduate and he's going to be able to transfer immediately. And then he'll be a senior. And there, I mean, we're not going to go into the pros and cons, what could be good or bad there, but it just seems to be a lot of people are truly believing, and that name has still been floating around. Like, yes, that's going to be the bake. No intel on that. No idea. Mm-hmm. It's just saying that's what people are saying. Okay. And then there was the other kid. Uh, there's the other kid. I forget his name from Georgia. The guy just because who was buried on the depth chart just because Georgia just has such a deep quarterback room right now. And I mean, that's really the only hope you have is you're going to have a senior from a small school who wants to get one last hoorah at a bigger stage, or you're going to have a high four-star, five-star talent who's just buried at an Ohio State or a Georgia or some big school like that who just says, you know what, there's five quarterbacks on this roster that are just as touted out of high school as I am, and the deep, the room is just too deep for me to hear to even have a fair chance to compete. I'm going to go to another big school who's got a much thinner room where I look good, but I've never played yet. You're, you're not going to find that guy who has actually got playing experience. So then you kind of have the same deal. And I think someone kind of made this equation too. It's like the same kind of deal is holding It's like, you got a guy that's talented and highly recruited, but are you, is that person even guaranteed to be better than him? Who really knows? Now you play the odds, you get them on the roster. You don't know till you know, but right. that really seems to be the only scenarios, but you're right. Like you don't want a guy who's lost the job somewhere else because I mean, 
it's, that doesn't necessarily make you a better uh, team. Uh, unless he's coming from a program. I mean, let's re- let's remember Georgia had uh, from Eason and Justin Fields in their quarterback room at one time. <laughs> All there. Justin Fields very famously went to Ohio State. Um, Jacob Eason went to Washington, had a decent time up there, and Fromm stayed and played good football. I mean, they just had at a bunch. They had an embarrassment of talent at the QB position. Uh, Ohio State, you know, over the years has had you know some pretty packed QB rooms. Remember, Joe Burrow emerged from that from that QB room to transfer to LSU, and we all know he probably had the best pure QB uh, season of any QB in the history of college football. So unless you're telling me you're coming from a program where, yeah, man, like they're, they're missing on five stars who just, we just, I just got behind another five star and I couldn't play and I got beat out, but I'm good enough to go someplace else and play because that's what Ewers did, right? When he left Ohio state, he was recruited to Ohio state. He uses freebie. He went to Texas and he played a lot of football last year. Now Arch Manning is, Arch Manning is coming in. And, you know, Sark, Sark is trying to sell to everybody that they're having a QB competition. But the truth is, is his Arch has a lot of power in this situation. If he wants to play immediately, there are a lot of programs he can go and start tomorrow. And yeah, and that's the only thing. There's probably like 10, 15-ish schools in Maybe. general. I'm not saying. That's, that's who, generous. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like you got a handful of schools that <clears throat> have a such a smorgasbord of talent that they've got just quarterbacks to toss off the back of the wagon and not miss a beat. Right. But what you don't want is you don't want a team. I don't know, like a guy who couldn't make the cut at what's give me spit out like a, a, a team here, like Kent state, like right, well, I, lost okay. the, I lost the QB. Yeah. Late. I lost the QB battle. At, yeah. <laughs> I lost the QB battle at Kent state and Marshall over here. Uh, I'm going to transfer to Auburn to start like that is not the sentence I want coming out of anybody's well, mouth to me to feel I, good about what's going to be happening almost rather than go into the Juco ranks mm-hmm. to, to grab a guy than grab a guy from major division one football who just lost a job but you know to somebody who's probably mid um, now if you are a believer in Hugh Freeze's ability to be able to develop talent maybe you just think whoever he picks is going to be good but I'll tell you in his previous stops he's worked with the incumbent the first year as a head coach He's come in and work with guys who have been on the roster. He's not going out to get transfers in year one. So it'll be interesting to see uh, you know, what Hugh Freeze does here to catch this QB room and this wide receiver room up. I want to thank Auburn Means for joining me here on a Thursday to talk a little Auburn football. We're halfway through the spring. We're not quite halfway through the spring, but we're getting through the spring. Uh, we're going to bring you guys a lot of A day coverage uh, and see where Auburn stands by the end of the the spring in in the QB room because all eyes will be on that this fall. Guys, we're signing off. And as always, War Eagle. War Eagle.